Support comes from Mosby Building Arts, a design-build company committed to remodeling the right way. Visit callmosby.com to get project inspiration for any room of your house. From the St. Louis Public Radio Newsroom, this is The Gateway. It's Thursday, April 8th. I'm Wayne Pratt. The Cardinals' home opener is this afternoon at Bush Stadium. If the weather cooperates, rain is in the forecast. It's the second consecutive season the team is playing during a pandemic. But this year, there will be fans at the ballpark. It'll be a little limited, obviously, to start. But just having 14,500 fans here, I'm just going to be really happy to see everybody walking around and enjoying opening day. I'll speak with Cardinals President Bill DeWitt III about baseball during the pandemic in just a few minutes. The transfer of power in the St. Louis mayor's office is underway following this week's election. Mayor-elect Tashara Jones met yesterday with current mayor Lida Krusen. Ward-by-ward results show Jones pieced together a racially diverse coalition to prevail in the election. St. Louis Public Radio's Jason Rosenbaum has more on what the numbers mean for policy in the city. Jones won huge margins of victory in the largely black wards in North St. Louis. She also won decisively in a number of multiracial wards, including her opponent Kara Spencer's 20th ward. Jones is the first mayor since Freeman Bosley Jr. in 1993 to receive big support from North St. Louis, and Jones says addressing problems there is a priority for her administration. One of the reasons why we have uh, so much crime is that our children and our young people have no hope. Um, They have no hope when they see abandoned buildings and trash everywhere and uh, no new development. Uh, So it's time to change their environment. Jones will take office on April 20th. I'm Jason Rosenbaum, St. Louis Public Radio. A slate of first-time black candidates won several races in the Metro East in this week's election. Nine claimed contests in the Madison-Venice area, including Venice Township Supervisor, board trustee, and city of Madison alderman. DeWanda Crockrell won a spot on the township board of trustees. She says the results represent a shift in local leadership, which had been mostly white. It shows us that people are ready to be involved, people are ready for a change, and that we have the support of our community. She hopes her group's large victory in the area will inspire other minority residents to run for office. Also in the Metro East, Patty Gregory unseated longtime Belleville Mayor Mark Eckert this week. She will become the first female mayor in the city's history. The St. Louis Veterans Affairs Office has given about 50 percent of the veterans enrolled in its health care system the COVID-19 vaccine. That's on par with other VA offices in the country. St. Louis Public Radio's Chad Davis reports. About 23,000 veterans enrolled in the St. Louis VA system have received their first dose of the Moderna or Pfizer vaccine. More than 15,000 of them are fully vaccinated veterans. The numbers match those of VA systems across the country. Suzanne Gordon is a senior policy analyst for the Veterans Healthcare Policy Institute. She says doctors in the VA system regularly interact with patients and make vaccinations a priority. It immediately canceled elective surgeries when private sector healthcare systems were still doing them because they didn't want to lose revenue. It, it shifted staff to hotspots. It shared information and supplies. The St. Louis VA is also working to vaccinate veterans, spouses, and caregivers. I'm Chad Davis, St. Louis Public Radio. 
Missouri's Republican-led Senate has voted to ban so-called vaccine passports. Those are documents indicating travelers have been vaccinated against COVID-19 or recently tested negative. Technology companies and travel-related trade groups are developing and testing vaccine passports to encourage travel. The Missouri bill would ban any requirements that travelers show proof of vaccination in order to fly, get a taxi, or use public transportation. Governor Mike Parson has repeatedly said he will not require vaccine passports. There will be some sense of normalcy this afternoon at Bush Stadium as the Cardinals play their home opener against the Milwaukee Brewers, weather permitting there is rain in the forecast. The Budweiser Clydesdales will be part of the pregame festivities, and unlike last year, there will be fans in the stands. COVID protocols mean there will be fewer than 15,000 at today's game, but Cardinals President Bill DeWitt III says he's excited to see folks back in the ballpark. It's just been so long. I mean, you know, two years really since the last opening day. Obviously, last year we did get a season in. It was 60 games, but no fans. And, you know, that's just such a big part of the game and what we do certainly around here. So it'll be a little limited, obviously, to start. But just having 14,500 fans here, I'm just going to be really happy to see everybody walking around and enjoying opening day. Are your fingers crossed that you'll be able to increase capacity as the season goes on? Yes, we're very optimistic and hopeful. Maybe not in May. We'll see. Numbers continue to get better on the, on the COVID issue. But certainly June, I think, looks promising. But, you know, we're just waiting to see. Obviously, we have to work with city health officials to map out a plan for selling the rest of the season if we want to do additional capacity. How challenging has it been to come up with this plan to allow fans back in the stands to start the season? It's very difficult. If you think about it, we have our season ticket holders who make up about 20,000 seats. That group obviously has to get reshuffled when you have a limited capacity situation. So we give them first crack at choosing seats that are available, spread out all the pods are six feet apart from one another. Early on, we were kind of thinking it's really hard to sell something when you don't know what you're selling. Now that we finally figured out what we're doing in April, that's how we're doing it. And then we'll pretty soon release May with a game plan, either similar or with a little more capacity. How confident are you at this point about keeping everyone safe? I'm very confident. We are requiring masks, obviously. People are six feet apart. They're outside. We have spacing requirements throughout the concession stands and, you know, concourses and things. Everything's touchless. When people come in, they'll be using their phones as opposed to, you know, scanning it, trading tickets back and forth or whatever. So we're going to be very, very safe. What kind of emotional or mental toll has this taken on the staff over the past year? You know, it's funny. The people who have needed to be here every day, kind of um, holding down the fort, talking about sort of about a dozen people that sort of the burden fell on a little bit to manage us through this process. In a way, we're better off, even though they had to work a lot harder. It's the people that I think all of a sudden their job wasn't needed for a season where they were home. And we kept them on, obviously, the vast majority of people. We carried them through the pandemic, and now we kept them, so they're going to be there for us this year. I think it was the toughest on them because, you know, it's just – a little bit of a Groundhog Day thing every day, you know, you're still waiting and waiting and it just kept going on and on. And I know a lot of people had that same feeling. I had that feeling 
for a while. It's a mental health toll. And there's obviously the unknown, right? We didn't know how bad this was going to get, whether the vaccines would work, all this kind of stuff. I think now that we can see the light at the end of the tunnel, a lot of that will be sort of a, a memory. But some people will have those lingering after effects, and we need to, from an HR standpoint, be aware of that. How much of a financial hit for the team is it opening with some fans but still not at full capacity? Is there any way to calculate that? We've calculated. Yeah, it's not a pretty sight, uh, the income statement. I can be clear with that about that. You know, it's been a tough situation for us from a business standpoint. We're starting the season at limited capacity, but we're playing a full slate of games and paying that full payroll to the um, Major League staff. So, you know, hopefully we can be back to a normal economic environment next year and um, start that sort of long process of recovering on the financial side of things. There are other aspects of it, too, that, you know, we've been on hold, like, for example, at Ballpark Village across the street, where Phase 2 is now open. It's been open for a year, but we had the pandemic, so didn't want to sound like we're crying uh, poor or anything. But it was difficult, and we'll get to the other side of it, thanks to our great fans, and I know everybody else had similar stories in their businesses or their personal lives. That was Cardinals President Bill DeWitt III talking about today's scheduled home opener against Milwaukee. Once again, there is rain in the forecast for this afternoon. Thanks to Maria Altman for helping with that report. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio, music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. We are a member-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. I'm Wayne Pratt. From the St. Louis Public Radio newsroom, this has been The Gateway. Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com.